0: I'm Casey Hughes and your host of Spirecast, where we are bringing you conversations to help you thrive in ministry. And today we're going to be talking with Tyler Myers and Dr. Matthew Bates about leveraging church-wide studies. Tyler Myers is the lead pastor at Madison Park Christian Church in Quincy, Illinois. He has been at Madison Park Christian Church for 15 years and loves all things having to do with challenge and adventure. Matthew W. Bates, he is a Ph.D. from Notre Dame, is professor of theology at Quincy University in Quincy, Illinois. Some of his books include The Gospel Precisely, Salvation by Allegiance Alone, The Birth of the Trinity, and the soon-to-be-released Why the Gospel. He also co-hosts the popular OnScript podcast and attends Madison Park Christian Church with his family. Welcome to the both of you. It's great to have you here at Spirecast today.
1: Good to be here. Thank you so much, Casey.
0: Of course. Now, Tyler, what is it like having a scholar like Matthew always listening to your sermons?
2: Well, it's better for me than it is for Matt. I can assure you that. Uh, it's Matt's <clears throat> as humble as they come. Uh, one of my favorite things about Matt is he uh, has such great respect and knows the purpose of the church and such great respect and knows the purpo- purpose of academics and he just balances that really, really well. So I love it because I can ask him a question uh, about stuff, but uh, we have a good time for sure.
1: Now, After each sermon, uh, Tyler, my wife actually has to physically restrain me as I really want to come up and try to hit you on the head with a Bible commentary. So you're like, Tyler, you just really need to read this one. But she, every time she holds me back um, and uh, prevents me from, you know, from the attack, No, truthfully, uh, Tyler is an excellent homilist. um, And um, the reality is, is that, um, you know, as part of my training, I I had to take preaching courses, even though I haven't preached a lot. I have occasionally filled the pulpit. Um, And one thing I can tell you is that knowing the the kind of the expert techniques of exegesis uh, doesn't always translate into a sermon easily. And having been forced to do it a few times, to preach a few times, it does give you a, a real humility Uh, and appreciation for the art right as we realize um, that's not that's not necessarily my gift it's more Tyler's gift Um, (laughs) and uh, we do appreciate um, yeah the balance between academics and church
0: that's great yeah it always uh, they make it look so easy until you're in that seat and you realize uh, they're just very gifted uh, at that so how did the two of you start working together can you share that for everybody how did you link up?
1: Well, I mean, I suppose mainly when I started attending Madison Park uh, Christian Church, we'd actually met before that as um, I think actually it was back when Tyler was maybe um, in charge of college age ministries and some other things at Madison Park um, as he's um, more recently moved in the senior role in the last five years. Um, but yeah, prior to that, um, I was interested in trying to get some of my Quincy University students plugged into local churches. So I was just uh, I was at a different church at the time and was um, trying to talk to some different uh, pastoral staffs about what they had going on for college students to try to get my my uh, folks plugged in.
0: Hmm. That's great. And Tyler, I understand that Madison Park used the gospel precisely in an all-church curriculum study. Can you tell everybody the story of how the resource came to be and the way that Madison Park was able to utilize that?
2: Yeah, it actually has like a a long history because Matt's written some stuff, as you mentioned in the early part of Welcoming Us All, that he had a book called Salvation by Allegiance Alone. And uh, some of us on staff got a hold of that, uh, kind of uh, heard of Matt Bates, knew of Matt Bates, was reading this stuff, found out, uh, I found out he was local. And uh, that's when we started bouncing around some uh, college ideas with students and things like that. But the reality is, is that most people aren't going to read that first book that he wrote. And then he wrote gospel allegiance and read through that. And man, he's been shaping my view of the gospel for a long time. Uh, but then, uh, he had mentioned that, Hey, I'm going to be having something that, uh, writing something with renew that could really be a practical asset to the church. You know, put the cookies of the gospel on the bottom shelf and help people grab hold of this and, uh, I was like, man, we've got to have a conversation on this. And so the conversation started um, brewing as that book was coming to be. And then uh, we had the opportunity to partner with him and Renew to help get some video curriculum out uh, for that. And it was just a good fit, uh, hopefully not just for Madison Park, but for a lot of churches to really uh, grab hold of what the gospel uh can look like and maybe uh, more specifically engage that uh, in the church. One of the things that we're learning in this process as we brought it uh, into our church-wide study is uh, the church uses the word gospel like a lot of preachers use the word um. When they need something to fill a spot, they're like, oh, the gospel. And we just use that word all the time uh, in spiritual circles, but we really rarely explain it. And so I think we have a bunch of church and unchurched people walking around having heard the gospel, but really have no clue uh, that it's really, really good news for us.
0: Right, right. And, uh, you know, I'm the... Communications director over at My Church. So I am very intrigued by all church curriculum. You know, when everybody's aligned on the same page and studying the same thing. Can you talk a little bit about the impact of of using a church curriculum like that? Uh, the impact it had on your staff, your ministry leaders, and even your congregation for those who were part of it.
2: Well, let me uh kind of share it in twofold because um I'll share what it did to the church, but I'll share what it's doing for the ongoing conversations with our staff and leadership, which I think is just as or maybe even more significant. But for the church-wide portion, uh, what we did was we brought Matt in and uh, kind of did a seminar for those who were going to lead small groups and just did a Q&A, kind of let him set the uh, tone for that. If you didn't have access to Matt, you wouldn't have to do that, but we just kind of got our people familiar with his resource and we preached um, a sermon on Sunday uh, that would go along with it. wasn't, you know, if you heard the sermon, you still needed to read the book type of thing. We didn't do the exact same thing so that people would engage in both places. But we preached on Sunday what would relate to what they would study uh, through Matt's resource. And then uh, we met around groups and small groups in our homes and churches and allowed people to discuss through his resource uh, and then followed that up with Q&A as that happened and so uh it really was a gift because uh you had mature believers uh less mature believers all gathering around and really wrestling with and i think uh it highlighted the fact that when you step into a small group or into a church and you ask what is the gospel you if you have eight people sitting in the circle you're probably going to get eight different answers And uh, some of those answers are gonna be, uh, for many of us, embarrassing. Uh, And so it really helped kind of move past the embarrassment and into a common conversation of, what does it look like to really rally around that? So what a gift uh, to the church-wide body. But let me go and just share on the backside of that, um, one of the things we're actually currently doing with our eldership uh, and our leadership team is going back through and saying, Uh, man, we just say we're a gospel-centered church, and a lot of churches use that, but are we really gospel-centered? And we're retweaking some common language and asking ourselves uh, in our Sunday morning services, uh, is the gospel being talked about in the welcome? Is it being talked about in offering, in communion, in the messages? Uh, Would people walk out of our services and say, man, I heard a clear articulation of the gospel today? Um, And then being able to distinguish whether... Uh, It's really uh, a salvation response, or whether it's the grand narrative of God, or whether it's specific to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And I think that those are some important conversations that uh, do not everybody in your church is going to hear. But those designing services and small groups and things like that need to be asking, what's the, the end goal that we're trying to get people at? And so we're having that conversation, and really it's becoming a learning and discipling process uh, for our staff, elders, and leadership, so.
0: That's great. I think, Matthew, just for those who haven't, uh, been part of that resource, haven't read it, um, haven't done this in their churches, can you just, as Tyler said, you know, you could get eight different answers about what the gospel is in this conversation. Can you just kind of give us an overview really quickly about what does the, the book, uh, what kind of understanding of the gospel does the book bring people to? And how does it get carried out in the church once they've actually read this, embraced it? Uh, What is the call to action? Is it being more comfortable sharing that uh, with others, giving it away? Can you explain some of that?
1: Yeah. So um, the book is called The Gospel Precisely. And so as part of that, we want to, on the one hand, provide really concise language to speak about the gospel, but then more expansive definitions too um and so if we were to cut to the chase and give the most concise articulation of the gospel i would say the gospel is that jesus is the saving king or we could also say jesus is the victorious king or the rescuing king but the focus is on the king jesus gospel and the emphasis is that salvation comes through his kingship so we're not trying to you know like undermine the atonement or forgiveness of sins but we want to really emphasize for people that the order matters That if we don't get the kingship, uh, if we don't get that in place first, then we end up with an inadequate call to action. Um, We end up with a gospel that is shortened or truncated or short circuited in some way that focuses on what can I get out of it individually? Um, Like I want forgiveness is what people think. Right. And so I need to trust that Jesus is savior. Uh, What the book is trying to articulate is that it's true. Jesus is our savior, but salvation comes through his kingship. And that we need to have a more robust understanding of trust that moves into um, loyalty and allegiance. So that to fully respond to the gospel means that we're giving allegiance to the king. And this king then supplies benefits that include salvation for us. So that's the the kind of brief message of the, of the book. Now it gives a more um, fulsome articulation of the gospel beyond that, um, that we'll talk about how Uh, it has a trinitarian shape um, that it's about the father sending the son to take on human flesh and that jesus taking on human flesh was essential for our salvation in a variety of ways so it's actually part of the gospel the incarnation it talks about his death for our sins his resurrection on the third day right and this is all part of the old testament story reaching its climax and then um, the story continues after that though we're often good at talking about the cross and maybe about the resurrection too Um, But then after uh, Jesus is raised, he's seen by many witnesses and then ascends to the right hand of God where he's enthroned. And that's when he becomes the King in the fullest way. And from that position, then Jesus uh, supplies then the Holy spirit along with the father for the, uh, the benefit of the church and he'll return one day. So that's really the fuller articulation of the gospel. So the chapters in the book are designed to lead people through that. Um, There's an introduction and then five chapters. And so, I think our church, if I remember right, we might have done a seven or eight week study as there was some some framing around that. And then the church was reading the introduction and then the five chapters. uh, And then there was video content that went with that.
0: Thank you. Thanks for, for giving us that kind of flyover of uh, the book. And Tyler, I, again, you know, just intrigued uh, from where I sit in my church and uh, the different conversations I have. At, you you had mentioned that you kind of thread this throughout your services, right? So not just the message portion. Can you give some practical pictures of what that might look like beyond that that time where you're delivering a sermon, that you're really sending the message about the gospel?
2: You know, I think, um, you know, sometimes uh, just in a a sheer welcome, we can say, hey, welcome to church, or we can tell them why we're here, right? And uh, when we start asking the question of why are we gathering, uh, I think we can more uh, intentionally call people uh, to worship the saving king. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we can say that we gather uh, this morning to celebrate uh, what we have in Jesus, and then we can share what Jesus has done for us. When it comes to offering, you know, we definitely highlight the kingship or the lordship that God is the owner of it all. Um, And that's good news. And we get to be generous alongside of God in stewarding the resources that he has blessed us with. Um, But bringing just a gospel lens to those conversations. Uh, I think that a lot of people hear gospel and they just think about sin and the need for forgiveness of sins. They don't think about the ongoing relationship uh, that Jesus longs to have with us. And so um, similar in communion, uh, a lot of communion is focused on the cross. And though that's really significant thing to focus on, uh, I think there's something that we need to take beyond that of the why we gather. We gather in the commonness that we have because of the cross. And we live out of that commonness uh, in the way that we love one another. And so uh, a lot of that's just framing um, that up. We send people out uh, rather than just saying, bye, uh, you know, we want to send people out um, to live alongside or with Jesus as their saving King. Um, uh, Some of this is reframing uh, intentionally at baptism. uh, What we say when somebody's being baptized, just making sure that as we slowly disciple people, you know, you don't get all this done in one service. Uh, but when we baptize people, just uh, teaching everybody else around there, that this just isn't about this one time decision. This is about um, the person being baptized, saying yes to Jesus as their victorious king, which means something significant in a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, that type of stuff.
0: That's awesome. I love any time I, you know, can hear or get a, a picture of just the intentionality uh, in which you guys are applying uh, something. And so uh, that's great and super helpful for those who would want to see how they could continue threading something like this uh, throughout their service. Uh, Matt, if a church wanted to put together their own churchwide study, what would you recommend from a content creation perspective?
1: Well, of this book specifically, do you mean? like of the gospel precisely? Or do you yeah. mean just oh, as a whole?
0: Even um, more, I, whatever direction you want to take it, I, I know that's a huge feat to create something like this. Uh, yeah,
1: that's... Um, for,
0: let's go with that one.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, um, there are resources available through Renew if people do want to do this specific study. Um, I, I will honestly probably need to defer to Tyler's expertise in terms of how to implement. You know, I'm a college professor. I implement exams. Right? I, I implement paper grading. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I don't have a lot of experience, truthfully, in, in, you know, the mechanics of how a church would get, um, you know, um, this you know streamed in. Um, so, Tyler, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and punt that one right over to Tyler uh, as he can probably speak with more expertise.
2: Yeah, I, I think uh, one of the things we do a church wide study every fall um, to try to bring. Um, some common conversations to families that are, you know, you just get back in the rhythm of school for us. That's very natural. And so we kind of uh, step back uh, six months, usually uh, almost to a year in advance and say, what do we uh, as we pray and think, what do we sense God uh, wanting us to be in a conversation as a church around? And we decide that a year to six months out and uh, we've tried the writing it ourselves. We've tried the, uh, using other people's stuff there's um, it just kind of depends on the gifting of your staff and the time that you have. Uh, But a book like Matt's is a great way to grab hold of that. And then uh, of course you filter, right? You filter to apply it to your context. So we grabbed hold of his stuff. Renew's done a great job of giving you, uh, if you, uh, you know, free resources to have video content, to have sermon templates uh, to have their curriculum books. So you can use all of that. And then of course, Um, you tweak it to fit your own. Uh, but the biggest thing is for us is making sure that all of our staff know why we're doing this and where we're going, because, uh, we, like I said, we align it from how we do our Sunday morning services to how we run our small groups. And then, uh, each year is different for us, but like, uh, we try to get our junior, senior high ministries also aligned so that when kids are coming home,
1: they're in a very similar conversation with their parent on that. So let me just piggy, let me just piggyback on one thing that Tyler um, is is just to mention also that the book that I wrote, the gospel precisely is one of 12 books that are like little booklets that were put out by renew and renew is also connected with discipleship.org. And so those, those are 12 different studies that could be done. Right. Um, and that the kind of theological vision certainly aligns with the King Jesus gospel uh, that Renew is putting out, discipleship.org is putting out.
0: That's great. And I, I love that you're, you're talking about kind of the next question I wanted to, to ask you guys, which is the next steps from... Um, you know, if a church has never done this before, what would they need to be doing first? And Tyler, you're talking about really getting the staff on board, understanding why we're going this direction. I mean, this is a church-wide effort. It sounds like alignment is really important. Um, Unity uh, throughout that entire series. Anything um, on on that end of things that you might encourage churches if they're thinking about doing this, hey, start with this, roll it out this way uh, from your perspective and see how, what have you learned from doing this?
2: Yeah. uh, Everybody's context is different, but most of us have some level of a multi-staff team. And one of the responsibilities is we can't forget that we are in the need of being discipled ourselves, right? Like that we're not outside of the need for discipleship. And so uh, one of the cool things about a resource like the gospel precisely is to get it into your team's hands and to say, hey, everybody be reading this, thinking this through. And then when you gather around for staff meetings or for intentional planning meetings, uh, you really are uh, having a common conversation. And so if we align these things well, we're both um, benefiting our own souls as we just get discipled, we're strengthening our team, which then I believe ripples out to the church. Um, And so hopefully by the time, This stuff even hits our congregation, our staff are feeling like, man, I I feel better about the way I would share the gospel or how I would uh, lead a small group in this. And so uh, it becomes a really, uh, for us, kind of a year-round conversation once we pick that church-wide study. And some churches do that year-round. We do not. We do a fall church-wide study and then we break out and kind of let groups pick their own, uh, materials, uh, as a part of our small groups ministry, um, so that we have diversity there, but I feel like that churchwide study really gives you common language and common ground, uh, year around for your church, uh, your staff and yourself. So,
1: <laughs> excuse me. Yeah. Let me just add to, um, as, uh, you know, my experience as somebody who's been part of the congregation that's done a church wide study, not just my own study, but we've done, you know, other studies authored by different people, um, is it really does, I think, bring a, you know, a unity that, that Tyler's mentioning. And sometimes, especially in a large church, it's hard to find common ground. Like, what could I possibly talk with, uh, you know, to this person that I don't really know very well? Um, well, if you're all reading the same thing, there's at least a starting a point, right, for having a conversation about, hey, what did you think about um, the sermon? That's one point. But hey, how about uh, how did that correlate with this reading? It's just another connection point that really helps build community.
0: That's great. And how young does that break down for you guys? Does that go all the way down into your children's ministries? Or is it, I think I heard you say high school?
2: Yeah. um, So we currently use Orange curriculum for our uh, children's ministries. So we we let them know they're in the team meetings uh, to say, hey, here's what we're going to be hitting. If you can adapt things, uh, certainly do that. Um, But we intentionally on our Sunday morning services, we intentionally choose to have junior high and up uh, in our services. And so uh, that means when our junior hires meet on Wednesday night and our senior hires meet on Sunday night, we try to um, treat that kind of like a small group, Uh, though they still have worship and teaching. It's kind of another bent or lens that's specific to them about the churchwide study that we're walking through. Um, And again, I think that disciples the family because we ask parents all the time, like, hey, be interested. You are the primary discipler of your children. And a lot of parents, that's very overwhelming for them. And if you've ever worked with junior high and high school students, uh, getting them to talk about things that are hard uh, isn't always easy. And so When you're able to just, uh, as you're coming and going to school, sitting around the dinner table, be able to say like, hey, I was reading this. Did you happen to hear anything on Sunday night or Wednesday night? Uh, I think it's a huge um, favor we hand the family in doing that.
0: Amazing. Well, once again, as a communications director, this is like music to my ears. I love when I just see something so intentionally rolled out and um, that you guys, you, you talked a lot about this, you've aligned really well around it. So uh, it sounds like a, a really special thing you do every year uh, that I think a lot of churches could, could benefit from doing as well. Is there anything else that you guys would want to share about leveraging church wide studies?
2: Yeah. I'm just going to share this. Uh, Every year we get critiqued. Okay. Every year. Um, And you have to remind yourself what you're committed to, right? Anytime you commit to a church-wide study, you have to recognize one size doesn't fit all and uh, that you can't take those early critiques uh, personal and allow them to be amplified to believe that the one or 2% that aren't resonating with a study or with a concept or even agreeing theologically with where this is going, you can't let that one, two, even 10% of people become the loudest voice in the room. Um, And so I do think that that's where you have to trust uh, your prayer time, your preparation, your eldership's decision to say, this is where we're going to shepherd the congregation um, and make sure everybody's unified on that. Um, And really... Uh, we've come to understand that we are going to get critiqued on this. And we've used that as an opportunity to say, and this is where we're going to exercise our shepherding muscle, Uh, that this gives us a great opportunity because the church around us is all in this same conversation. And so we can shepherd um, critiques. I believe even better because of the common conversation that we're in, but I would just share that um, because it does sound great and it is great. But if you go to pull this out, you can assure yourself there will be critiques coming your direction. Um, but I've just learned to embrace that. And I think um it's been a, a long-term gift for us.
0: Yeah, that's real. Thank you for sharing that.
1: Yeah, and I will also continue to just emphasize that I love churchwide studies, um, not just when they're my own study, um, because I think that we need whatever tools we have in our tool bag to kind of fight against a a culture that's narcissistic and individualistic and that is all about me and anything that we can do to help people realize, no, I'm part of the body, right? I'm the hand, I'm the foot, I'm the eye, uh, I'm, you know, the hair, whatever it might be. Right. But I am part of this body and I have something to add. Um, churchwide studies, I think are a really important tool that we have in the, in the tool bag to help give people a sense that we are indeed one, um, one body, one loaf of bread. Um, and we need that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see it being really healthy and helpful for staff members who can become a little bit decentralized, right? Like you've everybody's bought into the overall mission of the church, but you're also, you know, responsible for pushing certain things forward in your own ministries. And that can look different at, you know, in different demographics and stages and all that. So I can imagine there could be some of that resistance there of, you know, will this really help um, the people that I am? responsible for leading in these pockets. And so, uh, but what a great, a great thing again, for alignment, for the whole church to come back together and call everybody a little bit higher and say, yes, but for this season, we're all, uh, we're all going to be focused on moving our people in this direction. And I'm glad you touched on, uh, briefly Tyler, that, um, you know, your eldership might be involved in setting direction for this. Um, you know, your senior team talking about where do we believe God wants to take, uh, our people and what do they need and just being confident in, in that decision and knowing where your people are and where they need to go. Uh, so I, I, I thank you guys for sharing uh, so candidly, sharing also about the resistance people might uh, experience. Uh, where can people follow you online or, or reach out to you to hear more about this?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You can connect with me there. I do have a Twitter profile. I'm not on Twitter a lot, but occasionally make announcements about this or that. And that's at Matthew W. Bates. Yeah, uh,
2: I'm on Facebook, just Tyler Myers. uh, And then you can also find me on Instagram at Ty J Myers uh, there. And obviously, you can go to the church website, email me uh, if you have any questions, but I can be a resource. I just had a guy a couple of weeks ago ask for this curriculum and we just shipped him everything we had and said, use what uh, is helpful and uh, shred what isn't. So happy to help.
0: That's a That's a great note to end on there. Uh, Thank you guys both for your time today and for helping other leaders really thrive in ministry. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you, guys. Thank you, Casey.
0: Well, I want to remind anyone who's watching or listening that Spire Conference 2023 is coming up in Nashville. Hundreds of ministry leaders are going to gather for a three-day leadership event. We're going to be able to connect, to collaborate, and to be encouraged for a new ministry season together. So make sure that you register your team at spire.network forward slash spire conference. We will see you guys again soon.